what I'm about to tell you might be a little controversial, but I've found something that's worked for me and I'm feeling inclined to share it. So controversy be damned, I'm about to tell you why I don't take notes in class anymore. Can you feel that? Can you feel the freedom in saying, I don't take notes in class anymore? (laughs) It feels kind of silly. Honestly, it feels a little stupid to be admitting this in the free public airspace because who knows who's listening. But I swear to you, I found something that works better for me. And so I'm going to share with you what that is and how... I have gotten to this point because let me tell you, it has been a torturous road of failed study strategy after failed study strategy for my entire lifetime. But especially, especially going into grad school. Hang tight. I'll tell you more after this quick message from our sponsor. All right, so where do I begin? Let me just start off by briefly saying that I have always been a crappy note taker, okay? So if you are a great note taker, kudos to you. Maybe this episode is not for you. But for those of you out there who identify as like, also being a really sucky note taker, maybe this is for you. Okay. Maybe. All right. So I failed with many, many study strategies, like failed so hard as far as being efficient with my time. Okay. I've done pretty good in school, but I feel like I could have done so much better if I knew earlier on a way to study that worked for me, because I feel like I wasted a lot of time trying to figure it out when I really could have used that time taking in information. Okay. So preface, I am an older grad student. I am 37. I started grad school when I was 35. So My transition from undergrad to grad school, like skipped a whole bunch of years in technology. So I will say that my undergrad, I graduated in 2006. Um, We use paper and pen. Okay. And also I was in a liberal arts heavy degree. I did writing. I did not study. Okay. I had to do reading and writing. So you know, so take that all with a grain of salt. That's where I'm coming from. But I did have to do my prerequisite courses in order to enter this scientific field, right? So I started to figure out early on, like studying for the sciences is way different than being in a liberal arts major. For one, you actually have to like rote memorize sometimes or like take in facts and like be able to like spit them back out. The sciences are like that, right? They're about facts and analysis of facts. And a lot of time, like you want to cut the fat, so to speak. You you want to take that extra fluff that like a, a writing intensive major like uh, almost encourages and like slice that all out. So 
I have a very hard time from the get-go distinguishing what information is important versus not as important. Um, Because for me, I'm just like, oh, I just want to highlight it all, right? So that's always been a struggle for me. But okay, starting grad school, 2019, I very early on realized that pen and paper note-taking was like totally not going to work for me. Um, And I jumped on the bandwagon and I bought myself an iPad with an Apple pencil thinking, awesome, I'm going to be able to like take notes with my pencil on the screen and it's going to be great and beautiful and awesome. Um, But we need to backtrack here a little bit about me again being a really crappy note taker my entire life and how like this plan with this Apple Pencil was like always doomed to fail, <laughs> okay? With the exception of studying for anatomy in which I did a lot of drawing, okay? So it helped for the drawing, but the note taking part, like I was like totally fooling myself that that was going to work for me because, you know, if I travel back in time to when I did note taking live on paper, if you gave me a pencil and an eraser, like I would like lose half the class, like going back and erasing and rewriting my notes because they weren't pretty enough or because they like didn't, you know, have the exact sentiment of what I was trying to get. So maybe if I erase and rewrite it, it'll be a little bit better. And then like the teacher was like a hundred paces away from where I was and I missed all that information because I was just obsessing over how my notes actually looked on the page. Okay. So at some point in my life, I realized I got to use a pen (laughs) because an eraser is detrimental to my learning capacity. Okay. The problem was with the pen is the page just got dirtier and dirtier because I would still go back and like obsess over how my notes looked. Ah, this A looks funny. I just need to crap. I'm just going to cross it out, scribble it out and then rewrite over here. And now because I didn't have the, you know, luxury of erasing that, now I just have like scratch marks all over the page, okay? So then when I would finally go back to like study my notes, I couldn't focus on the notes because the page was like so crowded and ugly. So I got in the habit of actually rewriting my notes. Okay. A classmate of mine had said rewriting notes was like the most helpful thing for learning. And so I was like, okay, great. That's like twofold reasons why rewriting notes is good. My notes are already ugly and apparently it'll make me learn better. Okay. It really did make me learn the material better, but again, inefficient and lost a lot of time because I started off strong with that rewriting of notes strategy. And by the time like three weeks into the semester came around, I like was like already a chapter or two behind. And you just, you know, take that and, and accelerate that to like grad school where you're learning like three times as much information. Like, whoa, that strategy was always doomed to fail. And I think in the beginning of grad school, I probably tried to do that a little bit. But um, then I got the iPad and yada, 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 tried to do the whole note taking on iPad thing. And um, again, got lost in this like ability to erase and rewrite my notes. So full circle on that problem. It, it, It wasn't working for me. And at some point in my first summer, I realized like, I got to make a change. 
So I'll save you all the details of all the different study styles I tried, um, but just to like bullet point them, I tried uh, writing outlines of all the PowerPoints, again, time consuming. I tried just rereading the PowerPoints, very boring. I'm a terrible reader and um, reading actually puts me to sleep. I know it's unless it's something very interesting to me. So like reading PowerPoints, oh my God, it was so boring. And I would like lose time with that as well because then I'd have to go like go reread it like three or four times because I'd just like get distracted and like my mind would wander. Okay. So that didn't work. Outlines didn't work. Rereading the PowerPoints didn't work. Um, and then COVID rolled around somewhere in the middle of that. And we were forced into Zoom school. Now, Zoom school, as you've probably, if you've listened to my past uh, recordings, you know that Zoom school has not been fun, okay? (laughs) I am not a fan of Zoom school during grad school for PT. It was like really hellish experience in a lot of ways. But, but one thing, one takeaway that really helped me was realizing that re-listening to lectures was something that I found very helpful. And that's like the planted seed of where I am now. And I'm getting there, I promise. But first, let me just say that I had this one professor. And I actually, I even used to re-listen to her lectures prior to COVID. So let me back up a little bit. I have this one professor who we had all of our neuro content with. So I had her for a lot of classes and she's just like this great lecturer. She is very concise. She doesn't add a lot of fluff. The fluff that she does add is always meaningful. And she speaks very clearly and doesn't trail off. And, and so just everything, everything about her lecturing style was just so ripe for like re-listening. And so when I would come to study for her exams, I would put those lectures on while I was walking my dogs. And I mean, this would be like only when I was really cramming for like an exam the next day um, because it was kind of out of desperation. I would be like, oh my gosh, I have so much more information to take in and I, I got to walk my dogs. And I like take really long walks with my dog, sometimes like up to an hour. And so I like, I got to this point where I was like, I don't have time to review my notes and walk my dogs tonight. And I got to do it both. And then I was like, oh my God, what if I, what if I export the audio? So backtracking that, um, the iPad situation. One great thing that I got out of buying that iPad and doing the digital note-taking was it exposed me to this one program called Notability. And no, I'm not, this is not an ad for Notability. It's just the one that I use. And it's this it's program. There's others like it as well, but this is the one that I use. It is a program where you can import your PDFs and then hit record at the start of the lecture. It will record the audio 
And in real time, it will save the notes that you do take on the screen. And so if you do go back and replay it in the app and like, you know, follow the PDF with the audio, once it gets to a part where you have taken notes on the screen, they'll be like scribbled back in in real time, which is actually a really cool feature that I I don't really use because I don't tend to rewatch the PowerPoints. I actually just listen to the audio, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm going back to studying for my neuro exam. I was like, shoot, I need to walk my dogs, but I haven't listened to this one lecture or I haven't reviewed this one lecture yet. What am I going to do? And I was like, oh my God, I can listen. I can figure out how to export this audio to my phone and then listen to it like I'm listening to a podcast. Ding, 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 right? So I figured out how to do that. And from Notability itself, you do have to export the entire note and then unzip the file to just get the audio. But you know that's beyond our pay grade here. That's just whatever, how I do it. Anyway, so this exposed me to the practice of re-listening lectures and it exposed me to a different phenomenon as well, which was associative memory with this information. So the craziest thing that I, I, I noticed happening when I would do that, when I would employ this one tactic there would inevitably be a question on the exam where I had that associative memory moment. Oh, I know what this answer is. And I know why, because this information came up when I was rounding the corner by that one tree. And she said, and I would be able to quote it in my mind, literally verbatim. For some reason, this, this, active listening process of doing something kind of mindless that I don't have to pay attention to while actually listening to something, I guess it helped me pay attention more, right? I'm a person who tends to be in my own head all the time. And so unless I'm listening to something that like forces me to get out of my head, I have a very hard time, you know, um, being in the moment, I guess. And so I use podcasts and I use music to pull me out of, of my own head, right? So anyway, I would have these associative learning moments where I'd be on the exam and be like, oh my gosh, this is when she said, and I quote, da-da-da-da-da, when I was, you know, passing by that one trash can. It was the weirdest thing. So that was my first exposure to listening. My next exposures came up, again, like I mentioned, during COVID, when we were forced into Zoom school environment. Now, this anecdote isn't something that I am proud to admit, but at some points, especially early on in the pandemic, when, you know, if you can recall that time, it was a very difficult time emotionally and mentally for everyone. And I had some personal things going on as well during that time that were unrelated to COVID, including uh, a family member of mine passing away who, it was so early in the pandemic, we weren't able to gather and have a service at that time for this family member. And so 
I was just really struggling to pay attention at all. And um, uh, at one point, there was one lecture where I just had to turn my camera off because I was just checked out, like couldn't pay attention, couldn't even fake paying attention with my face on the screen. So I turned my camera off for a second. And I think I got up and I took my computer with me to the kitchen. And I thought to myself, I might as well just make breakfast right now. And I can kind of listen while I'm doing that. And this actually became kind of a habit for me with certain professors who, um, for whatever reason, um, didn't mind having cameras off. And um, also professors that like didn't demand participation often. So when your participation is not demanded, I tend to like kind of have a hard time staying present as well because again, like I said, I'm in my own head a lot of the time. So in certain classes, this became a routine for me. I would turn my camera off and I would do something else while listening to the lecture and I would take my laptop with me around the house and I would do the dishes or I would cook breakfast or I would fold my laundry. And I started to again have this kind of associative memory experience, right? And what was interesting about it was it was a little less powerful than being outdoors and walking. I think because the tedium of being inside your own apartment all the time, maybe, I don't know, something about that. I wouldn't necessarily always remember like, oh, I was washing this plate (laughs) when Professor so-and-so said this. It wasn't exactly like that, but it was at least able to keep my mind engaged and active. And one, one theory I have about that is that, of course, it's not going to work for everyone, but I think it can maybe benefit some people in, in the way that when you are upright and physically moving, you have more circulation to your brain. So even if this isn't particularly engaging to your learning style, I feel like maybe everyone can sort of benefit from this just for that one physiological reason, right? Sitting at a desk, as we have all been painfully aware of for the last 18 20 months at this point, we are all sick of sitting at a desk and staring at a screen. Am I right? So that is not a good environment for anyone. And so I found that kind of moving around, moving my body, being able to kind of fidget, right? And do whatever to keep my hands busy. I was paying better attention. What a concept, right? So that was what I learned during COVID. Fast forward now, I'm back on campus. And this semester actually kind of slapped me in the face because we had an entire summer off to do first time um, clinical rotations. And I mean, that's like being in work full time, you know? So I didn't have to study. And I, I like working. I've always liked working. And so coming back to school, oh my God, coming back to school after working all summer, um, or I guess I should say interning because I wasn't getting paid. Um, that was a really, really harsh reality to face. But I knew that this was a short semester 
we only have 10 weeks instead of 16, that I had no time to slack, like no time to slack, no time for catch up. Right. So I was like, I, I need to do something that works for me now. And lo and behold, I realized that listening to lectures had worked for me during COVID. And I decided to do that exclusively now. And I will say that, yes, I do have to go back and like look and refer to the PowerPoints for certain information, but by and large, listening to the audio while doing other stuff has like so many benefits for me. Not only do I get that benefit of associative learning, like, oh, I was walking around, you know, this part of the park when, you know, Dr. So-and-so said this about running form. Or when Dr. So-and-so said this about, you know, this cardiopulmonary disease or, you know, those, those things just like stick in my mind. And I, I mean, they really do stick like verbatim. I will quote them in my head. It's weird. Um, but secondfold, especially if I'm doing stuff around the house, my house is cleaner now, which is also better of a learning environment, right? Because being a busy grad student... A lot of things get shoved by the wayside as far as housework goes. I'm the only person here running my household. Um, My dogs take a lot of my time. And uh, let's face it, I hate doing laundry and I hate doing dishes. So if I can benefit from being able to have an excuse to do my dishes and not feel like it's wasted time because, ooh, I'm studying while I'm doing it, man, for some reason, that just makes me, it, it gives me the buy-in that I need to, to do that thing. So that is why I don't take notes anymore. And I will tell you, I will say that you do have to kind of show your engagement in other ways when you employ this tactic. Because, you know, if you're just sitting there in class, like if I'm just sitting there in class, and everyone around me is scribbling something or typing something, and I'm just sitting there, for one, professor is going to think I'm checked out. But for two, it makes me feel awkward because professor's going to think I'm checked out. And I don't want that. I don't want that. I want to, you know, show my engagement. And so, you know, I basically, you know, have to show that I'm paying attention in other ways. I raise my hand, I participate in discussion, and I make eye contact, things like that. I nod my head. And and this is how I show that I am still paying attention. Just because I'm not taking notes, I don't want them to take it the wrong way. And so I do those things instead. And that is that. That is why I don't take notes anymore. And you know what? It is working for me and it may not work for everyone, but I have to say that I, you know, (laughs) I kind of lament the fact that I figured this out after so, so many failed tactics and after so, and I mean, so many years of school, I figured it out right at the very end. And I wish I had a little bit more time to kind of like, have my victory lap and be like, wow, I finally figured out how to study. Now I'm finally going to get straight A's. (laughs) But you know what? (laughs) 
if it makes my life easier for these 10 weeks, so be it. <laughs> I'm sure I will use this strategy in other ways uh, at some point in my life. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And I have also learned to embrace the fact that my brain works a little differently and learns a little differently than other people. And you know what? I'm doing what works for me. And there is something to be said about that. So I'm all about letting go of guilt and letting go of shame in in favor of finding the solution that works for you. And it doesn't have to look like everyone else's solution. Okay. So if you need an excuse not to take notes, here's here's that. <laughs> I'll I'll let you use mine if you like. Um, but if it doesn't work for you, don't come crying to me because I didn't say it would work for everyone. Um, anyway, so that is that. That is why I don't take notes. Try it out. See how it works. Let me know. But And then if I can just put one more end note upon this, I just want to say that for all intents and purposes, I do not consider myself to be an auditory learner. So if you're listening to this episode and thinking, well, you know, like I'm a visual kinesthetic learner, I'm going to say, I am too, actually. And this experience has kind of taught me that the whole theory of the different types of learners, whether it's visual, kinesthetic, or auditory, I really do think that that has to do more with motor learning tasks than information learning tasks. Because if someone was to tell me directions to like arrive to a place or directions on how to do a procedure in PT, for example, unless I have worked through it with my hands and seen it done, like word by word instructions don't do anything for me. So like you can, you can tell me something straight to my face and one second later, I will not remember that process. I have to see it. I have to feel it out and I have to do it. And that is how I learn motor learning tasks. So you know, I, I can't clearly say that this non-note-taking strategy is necessarily an auditory learning tactic because I really don't think it does. And if anything, the fact that I have to keep my hands busy in order to pay attention to this information as it's recited to me kind of just further instills the fact that I'm a kinesthetic learner because I have to be moving my body for it to work, right? So, you know, there's that. That that's That's just an addendum. So, even if you don't think that you're an auditory learner, guess what? Neither am I. Give it a chance and maybe still work for you. You never know. Anyway, that's my soapbox and I'm sticking to it. And maybe this will work for you. Let me know if it does. Let me know if it doesn't. You can always find me on social media, on all platforms at Nikki-Ray, at N-I-K-K-I-D-A-S-H-R-A-E. Mostly on Instagram, sometimes on Twitter, hardly barely on TikTok, and definitely not on Facebook. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, catch you on the interwebs. Talk to you later, nerds. Bye.